We're here to share with you inspiring stories that bring to life all the little and big ways that people bring more love, joy, laughter, and humanness to everyday life. Our focus is the hunt for those little moments that refuel the human soul and reminds us what life is really all about. I invite you to sit back, enjoy the moments, enjoy the stories, the adventures, and the journeys. Welcome back to another episode of What the World Needs More of. My name is Jarek Robbins, and I am your host for this journey today. We are joined by a longtime friend of mine. Her name is Bridget Burrick Brown. Bridget, thank you for joining us. You're welcome. Thanks very, for having me. Very excited to have you. Now, we're going to dive straight into the question of the show, which is what do you believe the world needs more of? I have to say, I think that... This is, I think this is the answer that most people say, but I think the world needs more compassion. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I'm really into women's rights and kind of researching that. And I have a four year old daughter, and I just, I'm constantly looking around at how women interact with each other. And it's, I wish that we had more compassion for each other instead of so much competition. I think there's a lot of there's this is a silly example, but I do this dance class every Wednesday and it's it's just at Equinox, but for Equinox it's fairly competitive, I would say. And um, you know, I always <clears throat> walk in and I'm smiling at people and trying to and people are just like they're not gonna smile at you, you know. <laughs> and it's like I, I so I wish we had a little bit more of that just every day, the everyday compassion. I love that. I love that. And how, I I think you just told us, but how do you bring more of that into the world yourself in everything that you do? You know, I try to, I try to think of things as little actions that, you know, equal big actions in life. Cause I used to, you know, when I was younger, I wanted to save the world and I wanted it to be in this huge way. And now I just see how important our little actions are. So whether it's, you know, complimenting someone or just smiling at someone or um, listening to someone, giving them a high five, you know, it's the little moments and they don't even have to be long. Um, Sometimes the long ones make people anxious, but I think it's just, yeah. And also just, you have to remember, you don't know what battles people are fighting and if we approached everyone in that way, I think that the world would just be a little more loving. I do. It's true. It's true. Now, what would you consider your wow factor to be? What makes you uniquely you? And what are some of the moments that helped shape it over the years? So I definitely had to ask this question to my husband and a couple friends. <laughs> but... um. You know, I, I, and I know this, I think, and I don't know exactly why, but I have, I do think I have a voice 
um, that people listen to when it comes to, you know, my close friends or my family. And I don't know if that comes from, my husband said it's because whenever I do something, I do it, I I won't skip any steps. You know, I do it full out, I commit to it. Um, So I guess therefore the result from that is you have confidence in your voice. Um, But I would say also I'm resilient in life and if I had to think of moments that shaped that, I don't know if it started just from having a sick mom growing up. Um, my mom had multiple sclerosis and, uh, she got diagnosed when we were five. Um, I have a twin brother and you know, I, I just had to learn to be resourceful from a very young age. Um, you know, my mom walked with a walker. I had to help her. I was, you know, probably driving before I should have been. And, you know, without any muscle strength, you know, throwing her wheelchair in the car. And I just had to figure out how to do things that weren't really typical. And I don't, my dad used to call me a little pit bull because I just didn't take no for an answer. Like if people would be like, well, there's this, this, and this. I'm like, I never thought of the this, this, and this. I just thought of the, no, but we're going to get this done. So, and I think it's, can be, you know, I have to watch those things in myself as I get older. So I don't push myself into the ground, but I think it's definitely helped me get through some tough times in life. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. I think resiliency, I did some training with the Special Operations Command U.S. Air Force, and the number one thing they look for in their trainings with these guys is resiliency. Um, Because they said more often than not, they're going to get pushed to a moment where they say you're deployed for three months, and on, you know, three months and and 29 days, they get told, oh, you've been extended for another six months. Good luck. Stay focused. Yep. And they have to be able to go, okay, and just keep moving forward without – you know, a wince or a frustration or an upset or a heartbreak or a, oh my gosh, they just have to keep going. And, and it's something I've found that, you know, either life can cause us to have to be resilient and just keep pushing us, or it, it's something we can choose to build in the each and every day by how we choose to, to show up and push ourselves. I think something else you said is really important in there is when you have the natural resiliency to just keep pushing yourself and pushing yourself and pushing yourself, Knowing when to stop and rejuvenate, stop and refuel, and stop and regenerate. Um, yes. You know, it would never make sense to take a, uh, it makes more sense in a plane than a car, but to take a race car and slam on the gas and expect to never have to do a pit stop and refuel because you'd blow up the engine and burn out the tires and it'd fall apart. Um, mm. It would be even sillier to try that in a jet. Yeah. <laughs> I know what I'll do. Uh, you know, we have a half a tank of fuel. I'll just jam on the gas, get enough momentum going, and hopefully we'll land up in from New York to Los Angeles. It's like, no, you're going to crash in the Rockies because you ran out of fuel. Yes. <laughs> but for some reason, um, you know, it, it tends to be the strongest. We have this weird connotation or understanding in our mind that, like, I'll just push harder. That's how I'm going to get through this. And, and sometimes it's not about pushing harder. Sometimes it's about turning it off for a little bit and refueling so that you can stay alive during the next push. 
Well, and I think, you know, when you asked me that first question, what does the world need more of? It was really a tie with being resilient because, and I think going off of what you just said, being resilient or, you know, getting through tough times isn't just about the push. And that's, I think, the mistake a lot of us make. I know I've made it definitely. And I'll, we'll probably talk about that in a little bit, but um, it's sort of saying, you know what, I need to stop for a second and I need to get quiet, I need to rest, you know, those sort of things are all part of that, I think. Absolutely. <clears throat> Absolutely. Here's a question. What's a moment that made you feel incredibly humble over the years? So that's an interesting question for me because I feel like I'm kind of going through that right now. Um, to give you a little background, you might know some of this, but um, you do know some of this, but I, you know, in the, in the last five, six years, I've lost in a two year span. I lost my mom, my brother, and my father, um, all pretty like horrific deaths in a way. Um, I had a really good friend die. And then in the last year I've had three miscarriages and two of them were pretty far along. So one I was at four months, had a little shorter one and my most recent one was I was pregnant with twins and I lost them at five months. Hmm. And it wasn't, so I, I just told you that to have the background, but my humbling moment in it was kind of going off of what we just said. I was just so used to kind of like pushing through and being the, the pit bull and getting it done. And so when I lost the twins, I said to myself, that's enough. Um, you know, I'm going to get my health back and I'm going to get my career back. And I, you know, I, there was a lot of things kind of put on hold for a while. And, you know, I have a four year old daughter that I want to spend time with. And, you know, a month goes by and I'm not feeling good. And I'm like, what? Like, and I'm, you know, I was a personal trainer. I'm, I pride myself on being very healthy and, and I couldn't, I couldn't get there. And, and, you know, about four months into that, I got really bad postpartum, like suicide thoughts, like horrible suicide thoughts. Um, and at first I was like, Oh, whatever. That's just like a thought. And then they just, they were there. They were real. I couldn't, I couldn't ignore them. So I had to, had to deal with that. And then I felt a little better. And then, <clears throat> you know, most recently I was, this is, you know, going on from there. I, I, then I didn't, you know, I was doing all the things I was supposed to do, the sleeping, the eating out, the working, uh, the working, sorry, the working out, the eating perfectly, you know, drinking my water, you know, and long story short, it ended up that my hormones had crashed and I needed a little bit of, I need some support around that. And the humbling part through it all was now it's been about a nine month journey and I'm so used to being better in an instance. You know, if I, you know, if I get off track, if I do things good for a week, I'm like, you know, you know, I had a lot of hard time. I just had, I was very uncomfortable in my body and it was very humbling for me. It almost, it almost brought me to my knees in the way where, you know, through all the stuff I had been through, I had lost a lot of my faith, but I had to stop and say like, please, 
please help me, you know, please help guide me. So it was humbling in the way of I had to be patient. I learned that things take time. Healing takes time. It made me really look at all the stuff I had been through and say, you know what? It's okay to take some time and to heal from that, you know? I think we want in our society, and I know I do, and this has been a learning experience, is I want things to be okay right away. And it's okay for them not to be sometimes. It doesn't mean that you're allowed to stay in them, you know, but you can, you have to work through them. It's not from point A to point B. There's like some stuff in the middle, you know? (laughs) So it's been very humbling for me to not feel good because I think also growing up with my mom being sick and I lost a lot of my family members, like health is very important to me and I couldn't achieve it without help. And I had to really surrender. So that was definitely humbling for me. Those moments are powerful. I, I think the little things, like the in-between stuff. I interviewed a friend from high school on here many, many show, you know, episodes back. And, and she had a, an experience. She said it's her second time being a mother, but first time having the privilege to mother. Mm. And I was like, what does that mean? And she had a full-term loss right before labor. Yeah. Um, and she had to go through labor and, and still deliver the, the child, even though they knew it was gone. And when she talked about that, that moment that happens after that postpartum, that, that lost feeling, that empty feeling, the hurt, the pain, the upset, the curiosity, the uncertainty, all those moments, I just asked her what helped. And she goes, this is going to sound like the most random thing in the world. She said, but Pokemon go save my life. <laughs> and I was like, what the? The game where you, she's like, the game where you capture cute little furry creatures in the park and you walk around. And I said, how the hell did that help? And she says, you know, it gave me and my husband a reason to get outside without having to talk about our pain. Oh, yeah. I was like, wow. Wow. What a thought. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just the ability, she said, to just be in the sunshine and not have to think about what was actually happening. That creates space to just be without thought, without judgment, without fear, without anticipation or worry or regret just be and she's like those moments of just being are incredibly healing but they're so hard to access nowadays because of the way society is that we're always either caught up in what just happened or anticipating what might happen and then everyone wants to know the details so they then they're trying to be helpful she said but sometimes just silence in the park chasing a furry digital creature that's not even real can save your life yeah yeah huh what a thought. It's true. Like the, how she said the, you know, people want to know what's going on. They want the details. It's a, it's a, can be a lot, you yeah. know, cause you're trying to take care of yourself. But you know, I, I realized that when I lost my parents, you know, there was a lot of, I had to, I had to just be okay with disappointing people. I think I really learned that from all these situations. You know, I'm 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 so grateful today for you know, my friends and family that stuck with me in a way through through all this stuff cuz I didn't have time to talk to everyone or even be there for all their their things, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's powerful. Yeah. It's powerful. Yeah. What about what about an awe-inspiring moment over the years? 
Hmm. You mean something that kind of left your jaw on the ground, just like a wow experience. Okay, let's see. I mean, it sounds weird to answer it with this, but I feel like through some of the things I've been through, as tragic as they can seem, I. I understand that timing is everything and that things happen for a reason. So I feel like when I've had those moments of like, whoa, that makes sense. That That's a little like blows my mind, you know, that I can believe that. It's the moments where all of a sudden everything that happened, good, bad, right, wrong, left, right, up, down, black, blue, yellow, purple, and in, in between – it's the, those moments where it clicks and you see how it all connected, even though it seems so not connected in the process. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, I remember telling my friend after I had my first miscarriage, I t and it's weird, even when I went in for my procedure I had to have, I, I had this sense of calmness. Mm -hmm. And after the procedure, I felt relieved even though there was so much, I mean, tears, I mean, believe me, you know, I was four and a half months pregnant, but I, yeah, I had this awe moment where I just was like, I'm going to trust that this is all working out the way it's supposed to for some reason. And that's really hard to do in those situations, but I would, I did have those moments, you know, and it's funny cause it's grown stronger, you know, as yeah. I think when you you have nothing left to do but pray, you really <clears throat> believe. You believe more. It's true. It's very true. Mm -hmm. How about this one? What about your greatest fear? I think my greatest fear is not living up to my potential hmm. that I that I think I can do, you know? I think I, yeah. There's like a lot I still want to do in life, and I want to. I don't want to look back ever and say, I wish I would have done that. So I would say that's my biggest fear. A friend of mine got in a car accident when he was in Central America pouting over a girl that broke up with him. He flipped the Jeep and some random dude in a moped drove by and went, oh, crap, and put him over the back of the moped and drove him four miles down a dirt road and a bumpy to the hospital. And when he was you know, draped over the back of a moped, felt like he was dying. He, he realized all of us have to um, you know, answer three questions in the end. And one is, did I really live when life gave me the opportunity to? Yeah. And, and it's like, you know, when life gave you the chance, did you grab life by the horns and you did you take that thing for a ride and do everything you possibly could with it and squeeze every ounce of life out of those moments as you could? Or did you kind of just stand there and go, mm, maybe someday and, and let them pass you by? And that's yeah, a, it's a big question for a lot of people because there's so many times where, you know, a little th little window opens up and we have the chance to jump through it and go on an adventure. And, you know, will it work out? Eventually. <laughs> Will it be easy? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe not. Will it be worth it? Most likely. <laughs> Probably. 
totally. it, it, it's that weird process of contemplation of how to figure out which windows are worth jumping through and which ones are worth just saying, no, no, I've done that before. We're good. And letting it pass by. Yeah. Yeah. Cause there's also something to be said for, for the times when we've let some of them go and been like, no, that was actually a better decision. I've been on that roller coaster before and I didn't need that in my life right now. <laughs> yep. But knowing which one to go with and which one not, it, it takes wisdom. Usually takes some experience, which means you jump through a few of the windows you shouldn't have and went, oops. <laughs> yep. Interesting. What about what about your future? What are you most excited about? I feel like I'm very excited about the future right now. I <clears throat> I think that um I I'm feeling so much better physically and I can tell you listen, I know nothing what it's like to be chronically ill, but I feel like I had like this tiny glimpse of it. <laughs> and I grew up with my mom not feeling well her whole life. And it's now that I'm feeling better. I'm, I'm so excited. <laughs> excited about everything. I'm excited about my daughter. I'm excited about my career. I'm just excited about living. I feel like, you know, I turned 40 recently, actually 41. Um, and you know, when you, I just, I look at my life now and I say, what do I want to do with the rest of my, the rest of my time here? So I think all of it, I'm excited about all of it. Very cool. Very cool. Now we're going to switch to the second segment of the show, which we call the nuts and bolts. This is the tactical, tangible, practical, applicable, immediately applicable type advice and tips and strategies for our listeners. And so the first question here is where are you currently focusing the majority of your thoughts and time and life each day as of right now? Um, I'm focusing really on still my health. I'm focusing on praying for guidance and I'm really, I've really been in getting in touch with my intuition. So, you know, trying to move through my day with that instead of what I should do or what I have to do what do i like what does my soul need me to do or what's going to be the most self-loving for me or the most beneficial for me um and then also you know i'm a mom so a lot of my thoughts are on my sweet little girl so just really soaking up all the precious time with my family you know that's awesome now what would you consider to be a key to your success in all of that? I think, um, you know, self-care. I try to wake up every morning and I do, you know, I wake up early. I do my morning pages. I get a workout in daily. I take my, you know, vitamins and drink my greens and water. And I just think staying healthy uh, physically, mentally, emotionally is sets you up for success. I, I truly believe if you don't have all of that, there is no success, whether it's just success and being present with your family and enjoying those special moments to big success, you know, being Ellen on TV, you know, I think the key is setting your foundation up really well. So I really focus on that a lot. I love it. Now we've come to our final question, which is what is one actionable tip that we can leave others with that'll help them experience 
the kind of success that you've created in your life to experience it in their life? I'm really into the morning pages right now. I don't know if, um, did you ever do morning pages? Yep. From, yeah. Um, so I love them because I think that. Well, explain we, them to people real quick. Most people probably won't know what that is. Sorry, say that again. Uh, explain the concept of morning pages real quick. Most people listening might so, not know what it is. Yeah. So, so they're basically, um, just stream of consciousness and you just get up. It's the best to do them in the morning, right? When you wake up, um, and you just put pen to paper. Sometimes I cheat and I type, but <laughs> you're supposed to do pen to paper and you just write. And the reason why I think they're so amazing is because you have things like sometimes I'm starting to write and I'm like, oh, nothing's coming out. I almost feel frustrated. And then before I know it, I'm writing about something that I didn't even know was bothering me. So I really feel like it helps this. It gives you a release of emotions that kind of can toxic, you know, your body. But also it really opens up your creativity. And that's the purpose of them. Um, so at the ending, I'm, ex I'm usually inspired. I'm ready for my day. I'm like, I got this, you know, um, they're, they're wild. You have to experience them and do them and commit to them. I think for you to see the benefits, but I love them. They're almost a form of meditation for me. Mm -hmm. They really are my form of meditation. They're my, they're my journal meditation kind of brain dump all at once. Did I explain that? Okay. Absolutely. Okay. Um, it's a process. It might be from a different place. I, I learned it first from, uh, what was the book called? The Artist Way. The Artist Way. And it was that yeah. concept of every day creating space, pen on paper, and just allow the thoughts to flow. And wherever the pen, you know, the only rule is the pen, pen can't leave the paper. And, and you just got to let it keep writing. And there's something very, very, like you said, meditative about it, very therapeutic about it. Mm. And it's just... If, if you allow the thoughts to stream and allow them to naturally piece them together. Another friend described it to me as if he was taking improv classes and he's like, yeah, it's like the improv thought connections that just happen where it's like, you'll be writing about something and then your brain will have a thought and just kind of go on a journey for the next, you know, 12 lines of writing uh, of just things and feelings and emotions and random stuff that you haven't even been thinking you're thinking about for a while. And, it, it, it's a way that it just all comes out in a beautiful way. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes there's great ideas in there, but we're so busy doing our to-do lists and, mm -hmm. you know, going there and going there that we don't, it's a way to just stop for a second and let those, all those things in your brain come out. Mm -hmm. I think they're great. So I recommend everyone do those. I love it. I love it. Well, thank you. Thank you. Thank you for sharing some life with us, some sharing some love, some stories, some adventures. We really appreciate you coming on. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure. And for everyone listening, if you heard something that you know a friend, a colleague, a family member uh, needs to hear, please share it with them. We believe that caring is sharing and we like caring people around here. So make sure to share. And we very, very much look forward to seeing you all next episode. Thank you.